top of my class. Dude, GD. T- top of his class, <laughs> savage. What else do you need? Yeah, if you get a GED, you know, you're always the top of the class. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Naturally. Why are you laughing? You have any tokens for the machine down the street? Welcome to the Why Are You Laughing Podcast! <laughs> what are you talking about? You mentioned a wheel? You got a wheel? A wheel? Yeah, you want to sit in the text, you're like, I got the wheel. Oh, yeah, I got like, both hands on the wheel. Oh, I thought you know, Paul, like a wheel you spin. I was like, oh, that's exciting. Dude, we were we were in the bar the other day, me and Ross. And because uh, Ross came to visit. Yeah. <laughs> and I know the bar. T- I know everybody in town. That's the thing about me, people. If I'm in your town, you'll know who I am pretty quickly. Yeah, because you can hear you from across the town. You're not Correct. wrong. So we're in the bar, whatever. And the bartender's name's Terry, and uh, there's a, a wheel behind us, like a wheel of fortune. You can spin it, and it's called the yeah. Wall of Shots. Okay, okay. And Ross looks at it and goes, Terry, is that a wall of shots? He goes, yep. Ross goes, that doesn't really seem, seems like a bad idea. And he goes, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That seems to be about right on all fronts. Ah. Uh. Hey, man. Welcome back. You're the best. I'm so glad you decided to come back on. I miss you to death like crazy. It only took you threatening me a few times to bring you back on the show. Yeah, well, you know, if you would pay attention to the threats, like the song says. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we got a legal recording. If I disappear, just show this podcast. Have you always worn glasses? I don't think I've ever seen you wear glasses. No. uh, When I went, before I went on my trip to Arizona back in May, I kind of always known that, uh, my eyes are not as good as they should be, especially when I'm like driving with at night with lights and such. So I went to get my eyes checked, and they're like, "Yeah, you uh, probably should have been wearing glasses for a while." <laughs> I just have a wicked astigmatism. Like I don't really, I'm not technically, I'm not nearsighted or farsighted. It's just my astigmatism is real bad. Oh, it's preposterous what it does. It's yeah. it's it actually sucks. Like it's, yeah. and believe me, I've had these since. Well, I've had to have them since sophomore year of high school. Hang on one second. I close this curtain. Oh, yeah. You don't want to, you know, anyone creeping in. No, it's just the light. The light reflects from outside. Um, the moonlight, anyway. The moon's wicked bright tonight. We had, like, a, a blood moon recently. Yeah, like, we did. It's, uh, I think it's the last one until 2024, 2025, I think. Wow. That's I would have saw it, but it was like at 5 a.m. for the East Coast. And no, thank you. My sister was in town at that point. She was like, maybe Dad will watch it. Oh, he might be in bed. I said he would get up and watch and watch the moon. Like, I'll stay up, but to get up is a different story. So, yeah, no, 5 a.m., no, thank you. And I want to say it was like on a weekend. No, thank you. Yeah, not interested. I need that sleep. That's right, dog. We need our beauty rest. Look at us. We're two models here today. Yeah, models of ugliness, you're right. <laughs> How do you feel about, I mean, this is going to be a question that's been going around probably for a long time, but how do you feel about okay. How do you feel about what Ye said? Oh, I mean, <laughs> is it a controversial question? I feel like it should just be like, what are you doing? Not to me, but I mean, other people for some reason are still happy. With what he does, so I mean, I, if yeah. this is the rhetoric that a lot of people always had of, of unfortunately hitting a group of people for whatever Bro. reason, but 
even outside of that, say you did believe what he was spewing, which is total just garbage. Right. Uh, what a bad business move. <laughs> Dude, he got <laughs> dropped so fast. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, what a bad business move. You're losing all your deals and all that kind of stuff. And now they're going to yeah. sell his shoes under a different brand. But still say, <laughs> like, I don't know. Even if you're like, yeah, he did it. You can, you can view him as a martyr, I guess, if yeah, you believe yeah, those yeah. thoughts. Like, yeah, he's just speaking the truth. And look how they punished for him. <laughs> but, I mean, it's kind of like the same thing to me about the whole Elon Musk thing and Twitter. Where people are like, oh, Elon Musk is being a martyr. Look how people. What are what happened with that? Talk to me. Well, it's because uh, he bought Twitter. Yes, I knew that. Yeah. Right. And then uh, he would, he started doing things like now comedy is free. Like you know we're not gonna you know block certain viewpoints where certain things people say. At least that's what you said at first. Yeah. And so because of that, a lot of advertisers started pulling their advertisements out of Twitter. Because why wow. would you want your Coca-Cola ad next to someone repeatedly saying the N-word or saying they hate Jewish <laughs> people? You know? It's like, so, there's a reason pe- people... This is what... this I don't know if this is what you want to talk about today, but this is what people don't understand, to, at least from my point of view, about free speech. Hit me that, with it. Is that you can... Freedom of speech doesn't mean you can't say anything, but it, it means that... It doesn't mean that there aren't repercussions for what you say. You can say whatever you want, but there's going to be repercussions. Correct. And first and foremost... Twitter is a business. It's a social media platform, so it's a, but it's a business. So they can say what you can and can't say, and that's not wrong of them to do so. Right. If you're okay with that, then stay. If you're not, then leave. But by him <laughs> being like, oh, yeah, you can kind of say what you want, and then, yeah, of course, advertisers are going to pull. I not, looked, don't, yeah. I, we went down a rabbit hole one night, me and Abram, and it was my old, like, my Twitter. Like, we went back to the first ones. Yeah, and some of the stuff I said was preposterous. Like, yeah. I, you think I'm nuts now? You should have heard what I was saying back in the day, and you knew me back then. But I mean, it wasn't. It was just like things that were going through my head that just flew. Like even yeah, <laughs> like even now I've I've calmed down quite a bit. But <laughs> just like I've done, ladies and gentlemen. Taze Jones knows me better than uh, quite a few people and has heard me <laughs> say some things and do some That's things. True. That is all true. And uh, yeah, so he, he he's... <laughs> I mean, it's a testament. The internet is like the best and worst thing that's been invented. True. You know, like we all, every, every single one of us has embarrassing posts or an embarrassing email handle or what have you, <laughs> embarrassing videos, unfortunately. And there's not really much you can do about it if you missed it and don't remember your login. <laughs> so just be careful what you say on there because yeah. it's out there. And, and it's, it's like, it's definitely it started out as like, Oh cool. You can keep in touch with your friends, you know, for, mm-hmm. for this and that. But then it just turned into this, like it turned into this tool of debauchery and political views and like just things that really you should not push on other people. It's yeah, like I'm- the stuff that you can't bring to the dinner table in front of your family for some reason now you can put it out on social media and for everybody to see so it's just like it's just it's such a verbal diarrhea at some points in time you know oh yeah it's crazy well i mean i think the worst part of it really boils down to at least from my point of view is that one the internet gives you a sense of anonymity so people 
kind of say and do what they want, whether it's, you know, bullying or just making up crap about their own lives to look yeah. better. And because they feel kind of untouchable, you know, that person doesn't really know me so I can say what I want. Were you bullied in school at all? No, it's too cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, uh not that I can ever recall. So if I ever got bullied, it would wasn't like anything traumatic from my experience. I mean, at the same time, I missed a lot of school because I just didn't like school, but it wasn't because of bullying. <laughs> I got along with like everyone that I can think of. Right. Yeah. You know, I was pretty I was pretty neutral. Like I kind of floated between groups to groups and I don't remember anyone actively hating me. <laughs> yeah. No. But then I, again, it wasn't there. I definitely God, I was such an idiot. I I hung out with all the drug kids like it mm. was just a part of my dna but they're all outcasts and so i felt like i belonged and stuff like that you know they're all kids who they they they, were, they they did drugs or whatever but they skated and that was my crowd like i was a skateboarding kid you know i did i did a lot of uh i did a lot of stuff like that and you know th they were around but i mean it was just like it's so funny to think that I would never became that person. Like I never became one of them. You know, I never was like, cause everything they yeah. did went from bad to worse. Like some of them ended up in jail. Some of them died. And it was just like, I'm so proud that I didn't go that route and follow those. Yeah. Kids. <laughs> no, it's good. But it's funny yeah. about like who you, uh, who you hang out with back then as opposed to now. I never really got bullied. Once I got in a, I got in a really, really bad fight and I put the kid in the hospital and after that, it was like it, nothing ever happened again. I never got mm. bullied after that. It was crazy. Like I, it was just, it was terrible. Like what happened, but the, the person who believed in me and knew that I wasn't a bad kid necessarily and that this kid started the fight with me. Her name was Dorothy Frazier. I think she's passed. Um, she was my principal back then, but she was such a sweet lady. She and she knew me and my family well. She was like, "You don't have to do this. You're not this person. You know, your identity does not have to be based on who you're hanging out with here. Like you can make your own way." Type stuff. She just really hit me with what I needed to hear at that point in time. So no, that's good. Did you ever have uh, that person? Like if you were. If you were in a bad way, did you ever have that somebody that turned you around, that said something to you that really made you think? Yes, but before I say that, you might want to turn me down a little bit on your end because I'm getting feedback. Really? <laughs> yeah, I can hear myself a little bit. Are you you might kidding. be hearing my computer. Okay, just want to make sure. I didn't know if it's going to mess up your recording. No, no, <laughs> you're fine. You're, we're good to go, brother. Okay, okay. Um, turn me around. I want to say exactly turn around, but it's similar to your story. It was... I wasn't a huge fan of school. It wasn't because I didn't like the people. It's just some kind of weird anxiety thing I had. So I know a lot of times uh, skip school, miss class, leave school in the middle of the day. And and but I had a lot of teachers that backed me up in the sense of that they're always said like you know Taze is a good kid. He does really well on tests. I didn't really do homework ever. Um, and so like because at one point they did put me in the secondary school where it was like for kids who could get suspended. So usually it's like the quote unquote bad kids. Um, but they backed me up the whole time. They're like, ah, he doesn't really need to be here. Like, he just, you know, he just doesn't want to be in school pretty Who much. Who does? At this point in time, when yeah. the teachers don't care about your education, you don't care about your education, there's going to be failures on both yeah. sides. Sorry. That's how it is. 
I mean, I wish if I could go back and do it again, I wish I took school more seriously. But I think that's just an old person thing to say. Yes, it is. Why yeah. would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm getting there. I'm getting close to 30 these days. So my oh, back God. hurts and my knees hurt. Um, no, I wish I, I wish I could go back and do school again. I, I kind of the one my one regret is I wish that I had. I guess people say it's a school counselor, but I wish I had a clear idea of which directions of life I want to go with, like career-wise, because yeah. I think that would have just helped a lot more in terms of like, all right, these are the steps I need to do, or at least put my toe into things so I can figure out this might be what I want to do. Right. And I, I think I was just so caught up in whatever anxiety I had about oops, about going to school. Um, I kind of shot myself in the foot in that way. That yeah, I could still technically go and apply for things and go through uh, programs to learn what I want to do, but it would have been a jump start in that sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's like that old saying hindsight's 2020. It's like, there's nothing, there's nothing you or I could have ever done to change our paths. You know, I mean, sure. You can look back on those times and be like, God, I was such an idiot, but you'll plague yourself for the rest of your life. If you do that, No, yeah, it's, it's just the way it goes. It's like, I can't, I can't look back on some of the things I did because it was horrific and I never, if I always did, I never would forgive myself and I never would be able to move Mm -hmm. on. And you're not, nobody's the same person that they were 10 years ago, one year ago. You know, it's like you're always constantly changing. Whether you like it or not, things are going to change in your life and you accept that, then you're good. But if you're constantly dwelling on like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, my mother actually said something to me on the phone that made me think the other day it was like, because I was talking about my two friends who passed mm. uh, a year ago, like right around the same time. And she's like, if you keep allowing yourself to be sad, you're not going to ever be able to move on. So it's like, and it's so true because I could think about them all the time and I do, but I mean... Mm-hmm. I have to remember that there's so many things that could be I could be doing other than you know just thinking about how bad that situation is and it's horrible but there's so many good things I could be looking forward to cuz I mean like you said we're almost 30 but it's still really young so No man I I plan to be done by 35 Oh that's mature what Yeah <laughs> yeah that's what, that's what I'm clocking out Really okay well <laughs> Yeah I won't Don't be going to your funeral. Oh, it's okay. I just say roll my body to a ditch or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to have a big funeral for me. It's cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a time and place for everything. Like, for sure. You know, it's just moments to grieve and moments to, I think, to feel regret. Because I think if you never feel any regret, then how could you ever try to improve mm. and, and mm. you know, see where you might have t- taken a misstep? So, That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, regret is useful in the proper doses, mm-hmm. um, but you, as you said, you don't want to get caught on it so much that it paralyzes you from doing anything. No, else. no, you'll be you'll be lost. You'll be in a state of confusion all the time. It's like I told James on the phone today. I said, if you move one more time, that dog is not going to survive. I'm like your dog is literally so confused. He's moved like four times since. <laughs> The dog's just seen in the world. The dog's like, what the heck is going on? Where are we going now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just funny just how you can reflect on life. And as you said, it's very easy to get caught, caught in that well. 
of how you wish things were different, but you can't change the past. So there's no reason to dwell on it to that such an extent that it tortures you. When you when you started your podcast. Yeah. What made you want to do that? Like what actually put you in the mindset of hey, this is a good idea, which by the way, your podcast is so good. Thanks. I need it's to get amazing. back on it. It's been huh? a while. <laughs> it's yeah, like well, back on. It's been a while. Yeah, who cares? So I'm just saying, like it's it's just it's so unique in you. It's so you. Like every time I listen to that show, I'm like, this is so unique and cool and you're really showing love to everybody that comes on that show. Like, everybody that puts something in there, you're shedding some light on their art. It's so cool, man. Like Thank how you. did you how did you come up with that? Like, what was your mindset when you were going uh, to do that? Uh, man, it's probably a combination of things, honestly. Like, my go-to answer is the idea that I always liked creative writing as a kid. I liked writing short stories. And as I got in my teenage years, just like an angsty teen, I got into poetry. and But I always hated sharing it just because it always seemed like something too vulnerable. I don't know if you experienced this with music to a certain extent before you got yeah. used to sharing it. Yeah. But it's almost that idea that if you share something you create and someone rejects it, uh, uh, it could feel like they're rejecting a part of you at the time because yeah. you're putting yourself out there. So, Oh God. Yeah, for sure. It's so my, yeah, my easy answer I say is that I wanted to provide a safe space that I would have liked, especially in my earlier years of writing and stuff like that, where uh, you could share it without feeling the pressure of being judged. So, you know, allows people to do it anonymously. They're not the ones reading it. Cause I, I remember reading it, to some family friends like my own stuff oh, yeah. and hiding behind like a chair as I did it. <laughs> so I don't want to, I don't want to look at people's reactions and see, you know, how they might be feeling about it, even though they might be like, Oh, that's good. But you know, you might see their face and you can tell oh, that wasn't good. Yeah. They don't like it. So that's like my, my simple answer. How I actually came about to doing it was just a, such a, co a combination of things. I kind of originally wanted to get involved in something that, could involve creative writing or some kind of creativeness. So I actually first started a Fiverr account and would write like poetry for people, like haiku mm. and stuff, or if they're writing like a greeting card, you know, $5 a pop or in custom poetry. And so that was fun because they would send in stuff and I have to kind of figure it out. And then I started, I bought a typewriter and I started doing like uh, typewritten letters for people. So you would send in like, hey, I want to send this letter to my girlfriend. Can you make it look nice? So I'll put it in a typewriter on a piece of like fancy stationery and like wax seal it with a ribbon and all that. That's and so somehow cool. that, yeah, somehow that just kind of built into, I figured out I did like helping people present their words and their information, even dress it up a little bit. And that kind of just walked its way into like, Hey, let's do a podcast where we share people's creative writing and poetry is the long way about it. And I think I listened to, there's this one uh, woman on YouTube. Uh, I think it's, Danielle Andrade, I want to say. Bergoli. <laughs> she's like a really, she's like a really talented uh, singer. Uh, so I'm not sure. Yeah, Danielle Andrade, and she's like a super talented singer. And so I used to listen to her stuff on YouTube. But then she had a video she uploaded where she read like I think a poem she really liked, and she, you know, it had this really just warm kind of home vibe to it, like in the reading style and stuff. And I was like, that's really cool. I would love to like you know, do something that has a similar vibe to it. And yeah, that kind of helped flourish the idea and whatnot. But it's crazy. That, you say that because 
I remember just eating it on stage. Like some of the first times that I ever decided to get up in front of people. I was talking to Ross on the phone because mm-hmm. we were. I was trying to do the math in my head. I'm like, because I did that podcast a while ago by myself talking about like 16 years on stage, you know, this and that. And I'm like, I think, I think it's more than that because I went back in my memory today of how long it's actually been or yesterday. And I was like, wait a minute. I started getting on stage and performing for people when I was like in the fourth grade. Like, cause okay. I, would, I was in the, I always block out for some reason, my history with the school band and like learning how to sing and do chorus mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Cause I, I got into chorus around fourth, fourth grade when I started playing the trumpet and this and that. And I was just learning all this stuff before I ever picked up a guitar. Like that was the furthest thing from my mind. And then, but hearing punk rock music for the first time when American idiot came out in 2004, it sent me over the cliff. Like I, I can say those things and I like the, this can music can sound like that. You know, it's just, it changed my life. So, but then, trying to attribute those things that I loved into my words and to being on stage was so complicated. Like I yeah. just, you couldn't, I couldn't comprehend how I wanted to make it into my own flavor, but it took, it takes years. I think probably to have the balls, first of all, just to get up on stage and do something like that. And, you know, to put your own work into it as well, like your own songs or something like that. It's tough. It's really, really tough. And I mean, I think for poetry, it's the same thing too, because you're putting your heart on the line. Like a lot of those things are really, they cut you deep by saying like, especially haikus. You could say a lot in a haiku by saying very little. Yeah. Totally. So that's, that's like my favorite form of poetry because it's short yeah. and i don't have to read too much <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i mean it is nice because of that i mean it, it's it, as you said it's you know you're putting a lot into there and I, I think it's definitely interesting on any kind of creative work i'm trying to figure out how to say what you want to say in your words and then you are also afraid that maybe it'll sound like you're you know copying someone else or you get performers anxiety in the sense of someone's already done this and they've done it better and so right. why should I try to do this or say this in this way? But I mean, from a creative writing perspective and which can be applied to any uh, creative endeavor is that it's the year 2022. It's been t- millions and billions of people. Technically people have said and written and done everything under the sun. Yeah. You know, you can't avoid similarities, but no Poor one Pharrell. Has- but no one has existed that specifically you up until this point as your specific outlook on life or your specific experiences so even if your thing is so close to someone else someone created but a few words are different but you created originally then it's something to be proud of dude that's like that's word for word how i feel about music is that everything's been done it's not like i mean you could argue in artist to artist, but it's it's still okay. Perfect example: Tom Waits, mm-hmm. worst singer of all time, like <laughs> probably one of the worst. You could spot his voice 
in World War II. If you like, that's how <laughs> annoying and terrible it is. But he's world renowned because of what he says. Like his yeah. his music is like, it's insane. But and he's kind of like a standout artist. Whereas, you know, punk rock is so it's purely one thing. You listen to punk rock, normally you know what you're going to get. You listen to ACDC, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be the same sound each song. So, but, I mean, I had to stop worrying about that myself because, you know, like you said, to look past that and to have your own flavor out there is, is just art. It is. It's art. It's one form of your art. Yeah, I mean... You just have to be you at the end of the day. Hit your microphone and, one more time. I dare you. I'll slap you. No, I'm just kidding. Do they again. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to do you at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I, it kind of ties back into the whole social media aspect where it's very easy to see other people's creative works and to see how successful they have gotten. You know, if someone releases a you know song and now they're tied to a record deal because they uploaded a song that was went gangbusters on YouTube, right? Or someone you know on Instagram painted painting or did put a posted a piece of poetry and everyone's liking it, mm. and then you do the same and you go, well, no, a lot of people are liking mine, <laughs> but and but that kind of dilutes the whole experience because that's such a numbers game and you know boils down to. Of basically luck for lack of a better word because people happen to see it at the right luck time the yada, yada. like the yeah. algorithm of the site and you know you could make something amazing and it just might not catch on sure and so i think tying it back to social media it's one of those things that you have to balance on if you're going to put something out there while yes if you want to grow a brand start working towards growing those numbers but be proud of your work for what it is yeah. Don't rely on other people saying, hey, proud, you know, I need need to like it. Be proud of yourself for taking a chance. You know, yeah. it's like I look at some of the songs I wrote. Like when I was first starting to write Taze, I really was writing like I was mm-hmm. really going in hard and trying to commit to telling a story on my like just taking a shot at writing punk music. And some of the lyrics are just like what is going on here on this page? <laughs> like who spilled a paint can onto this, onto this guy's canvas? Like, you know, like what the heck is happening here? And, but I think, you know, especially with poetry, you learn more about yourself by doing it and by writing. Yeah. Like, what can I say next? What can I, you know, put out there on the line again? But I mean, I definitely think, that for me personally, I learned how to do the podcast better by listening to your show. I was like, Oh, thank you. I was like, Taze has something that you like unique about his style. And I have a style of doing this podcast, but I've picked it up from other people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a culmination of everyone. Did you see that? Do you see, do you see this thing? I don't pay for this. <laughs> oh, dang. Well, we'll just have to start at another second. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fine. As long as you're okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. I know fine. you have a life show. and you're, you know. Literally at home. <laughs> what is going on in that room? Is that like a, is that a psychiatrist chair behind you? Yeah, dude. I think it's mad comfortable. <laughs> you trying to tell me something, play? What's popping? <laughs> yeah, I know. This is my side business, honestly. This actually whole thing is actually your therapist. I was going to say, this is my and therapy. I mean, yeah, this is how we do. Yeah, but honestly, 
that's not so far-fetched either because doing that i can imagine like you writing poetry Mm -hmm. is your therapy like i can imagine that that's a big part of you getting feelings out you know a lot of people do i that's exactly i tell i say this all the time to people taze and i think you know that i'm a hundred percent on what this means for a musician to get up on stage and to have a product or have a piece of art, I suppose, not a product, but something that you love and to really yell it to people in that Mm -hmm. sort of way is the best drug you could ever do. Like it is without question, the highest of the high that you can be, especially if you're doing well. Like there's yeah, some nights where I've been on stage where I go out to the car and I don't talk to a soul after that mm-hmm. because I'm so tough on myself for my performance. But there are nights like, let's see, we were in where Massachusetts and it was, what the heck was the name of that club? Workshop 13. Okay. Okay. And Dude, I got off stage that night. We killed. We absolutely slaughtered. I mean, and the bill was, there were murderers on this bill. Like, you know, uh, Lost in Transit was there, uh, Neil Bronco, Caleb Murray. I mean, just killers, killers. And, but we went up on stage and there's this group of people like huddling. And they're holding, like, next thing you know, you see a flag come out (laughs) and the flag says saturdays for the boys because we had just like started playing saturday quite a bit you know that was like the song and so it's nights like that where you know you really feel like you've done something like with your poetry with your writing do you ever have a piece that's just you think about a lot or is it does it come with time? How does that work with you? In terms of like reflecting on something I'm proud of, there's definitely pieces that I really liked that I, you know, reflect on. I don't even remember what the title of it is, but it's one of my favorite pieces. Just, just this otherworldly uh, explanation of like the human body and experience and loving yourself. And that was a really fun one to create. And I kind yeah. of go back to it pretty often in terms of something that I really liked. And there's a few of those out there. Um, but for doing the podcast uh, specifically, the the biggest high I get off of it really is, uh, I mean, it sounds so self-indulgent, but it is really cool to hear when people are like, I featured their work and they come back or message me and they go, wow, you know, it's so cool to actually hear someone read my writing. I never had that experience before because I always wrote privately. And it was, or it's so cool to hear, you know, your thoughts on it and someone appreciate my words. And even someone, uh, let's see if I can find it real quick. Someone mentioned me in their book that they published. No way. Yeah, it was really cool of her. They mentioned you in a book that they published? Yeah. Who was this? Uh, Lockdown Poetry by Marianne Burnt. Uh, so. Wow. Are you serious, bro? Yeah, so like in her acknowledgement section. Uh, That's phenomenal. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, she mentioned a few other people, and she also uh, said thanks to Taze from Dead Letter Radio Podcast for strengthening my self-confidence and pushing me to try and submit my manuscript and to all the great people at Olympia Publishers for your kindness and trust in my poetry. Look so it was really you. nice of her to do that. 
because I'm just a small podcast. But Taze, that, you're that a bad mother of, flower. You are a bad mother flower, dog. That's dope, bro. Yeah, it was very cool. That's it was just, dope. Yeah. And it was super nice because she just messaged me out of nowhere cool. uh, like a few months after. She's like, hey, I want to let you know I put you in my acknowledgments. So what moments like that wow. for, uh, really kind of like made the show super fun to do. Man, I'm t- it's it's crazy because I think I think your podcast is something like maybe that wasn't an idea when they first started doing stuff like this. Like what are we starting a podcast for? What does that mean? Like this and that until Rogan came around and like a few after or before no one really knew what this was. Like this is such a different way of doing things. And I talk about this in my documentary about Mm -hmm. how you're so much more feverish about doing something like this when it comes to maybe not poetry or not music, but now you're telling your stories to the world and they could, anybody could listen from any anywhere yeah you know, it's no, like you're not wrong. i may not be playing live in europe but there are people in europe who could listen to my podcast yeah you know it's like it's that kind of a uh it's a performance without an audience you know yeah no i mean definitely i mean it's the it's the evolution of radio in a sense but then opened its floodgate so that anyone can do it mm-hmm. you know with a little bit of investment anyone can do a podcast which doesn't take away from it but like you said it's a different kind of performance a different kind of creative uh project to tackle yeah do you want me to end this one take a yeah. little break you, you roll your ad roll and uh you know get them bucks and then <laughs> come all back right in. time for an ad read <laughs> how do you um how do you gauge your like what you put in for submissions like do you get quite a few of them and you have to sort of pick through or are the ones that they send in something that you you just you just put out there like or what do you have to examine the content what's your process yeah there? i mean i mean when i get a submission in, I, I i it's it's very few rules in all honesty because one of the things i wanted to make sure the show wasn't i didn't want it to be a poetry or creative writing uh, crit, uh critic show right uh, i am not formally educated on what makes a piece of writing good or it doesn't um i have my preferences so does everyone else and so I didn't want to judge anything on that kind of. I can't basis. wait to send mine in. You're gonna be like, I can't read this. Yeah, hey, I can't read this one. I'll definitely none there's for you. Too, there's too many. There's too many uh, <laughs> he, white he's, supremacist jokes. He's really sharing Kanye West view or something <laughs> nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like when mm-hmm. I so the guidelines are super simple. I just tell people, hey, send in your work. Let me know if you want to be anonymous or if you want to have your name or a pen name or something attached to it and share some information on what inspired you or your goal for writing it. Because that allows me to share with other people, but also kind of gives me a background of where people are coming from. And then I just read the piece. And as long as it's, I think it's podcast friendly. I mean, I'm not trying to censor people or anything like that, but I do want to one, make sure it's something I'm comfortable reading and two, make some, make sure it's, it keeps the show accessible. Cause I kind of, I, while the podcast itself, because uh, does sometimes deal with heavier topics because people you know write about uh, depression or suicide or terrible events that have happened to them yeah. or just very big and uh, lofty subjects that we all suffer and face in life. Um, while it does read about those, I do try to you know keep things where language wise it's pretty clean and you know things that 
a younger viewer could listen to it if they're into creative writing and you know not have it shut off by so their i parents. can't say words like nazi and pedophile so you have to that, use it in the that would be I bad. Mean, technically no if you use it in the right context <laughs> <laughs> technically no you know i don't shy away from too many things but usually i say hey you know if you can avoid swearing yeah, that would be a, that'd be a good start <laughs> great well i'll have to remember that for when i write mine when yeah. I send it in. i'm pretty i'm pretty lax about the actual I'll be out of material but you know what he <laughs> he's like oh i used every word i knew <laughs> Which is all three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I try not to judge and try to, you know, keep it pretty open-minded. I think probably, I mean, the, the one thing I will say about your show, and this is just a suggestion. You don't have to. You can tell yeah, me to screw off, do. but I tell you like it is because I love you. I think once in a while you should do a theme show with some guests and interview mm-hmm. them about their work. That's yeah, what I, I mean, think. I mean, it's crossed my mind. Before. Especially, I tell you why. Capitalize on this chick that put you in her book. Put her on your show and have a conversation with her. I think it would be so great to hear her perspective on why she's so into poetry and why she put you in the book, bro. It'd be it would be amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought about something along those lines, even if it wasn't a official podcast episode, even if it was just like a soundbite of, you know, emailing people. They have like a list of questions that they read and make it like a quick 30 second to two minute thing or a short YouTube uh, video. That'd uh, be but dope I'm just, too. But I'm, yeah, I'm that's a good idea. I'm just freaking lazy. <laughs> it kind of just sort of boils down You to, and the rest of America. Uh, I mean, what are we going to do? Know, I come back from work and stuff and sometimes it takes a lot for me to sit down and do the podcast oh even though I enjoy it. Um, so it's, it's crazy. I keep, like I keep, yeah, I keep the... It's one of those things that I go, maybe one day. <laughs> you know? Right now it's nice that people can just send me in their work and I can just decide when I want to right. sit down and do it without coordinating anything. But I have thought about that though. Um it's a good I don't idea think I wanna Yeah, I don't think I want to do a full interview episode, but just like a short bite size, five minutes, you know, tell me about this one piece you submitted and like what made you think of it and your process or why you wanted to say it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why'd you send you know? it in to me? You know, things like that and and just kind of give like get to know the writer kind of uh, situation. It'd be a good segment, bro. I'm telling you, that show is so good. Thank you. Thank you. I think that people like and I especially love the uh, the setting of the show. Like you got the needle going like the I'm like, that is so old school. It it makes up for a crappy audio equipment. (laughs) I thought. (laughs) But I I, no, I did it on purpose, though, because I like the vibe of it, of like a worn radio kind of home touched yeah yeah um, warmness to it uh but also does help when you know i'm like i don't have the best audio (laughs) i thought about i thought about during my show possibly doing some music in it but i was like i think i think i should keep that separate because of how much i talk about music on here like how big of a part of my life it is and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and uh i definitely think that writing now especially now when i do my songs i like keeping it separate from everything so i think it should be the same way with the podcast you know i like when i'm in such a zone when i write taste i mean it's like it's like if i'm connected to a riff on my when i'm playing guitar i have to stop right then and there and write that down like right just just so i remember it you know because there's there's something special about that now I, I think I made a suggestion before, um, but I always thought it would be really cool because you're such a music buff. 
mm. uh, is for you to grab someone else who's a huge music buff. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even do it as a separate show if you wanted or what have you. But okay. just to go over the decades of music, it listens like the top 50 as homework or whatever from like the 1960s and then have an episode where you discuss like, hey, this is something I really like that happened in this decade. You want to know something so really like, sad? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> Me and Abram did that. Yeah. We started our own podcast, but then he didn't feel it was it was uh it was going anywhere or gaining any I think I mean Abram's this Abram's such a sweetheart of a guy. Abram, I love you if you're listening to this, but it's like <laughs> he's very if he's not into it, you know, he's not going to do it. So I mean it takes I mean it takes time and effort and stuff like that. But Taze, feel like it's their word. It was so fun. Like it was my favorite. Like the first the first record we dissected. Yeah. Was and I thought this was a good idea for the show. Like we both listened to the record, got our opinions, mm-hmm. and it was it was perfect. And we started from beginning to end. Like where does this album begin? Like how do these songs really come together? How does it end? How do I feel about it after? You know this and that. And the first one we did was Led Zeppelin three. Okay. Which Led Zeppelin three for me was a quintessential album that I will always listen to from front to back. You know how you get those records, bro, and you're like, it's so good. And yeah, it's so there. pointed at you. You cannot avoid like what it means to you. It's just it's that kind of an album. And I loved what we were doing. I'm so sad that we're not doing it anymore. Maybe it'll come back. Who knows? If yeah. I mean, it's something you always reignite, or if you find someone else, or if you frame it in a way that you can do solo. You know, if it's not even like a full on hour long episode, just like a 20 minute thing. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, just little sound bites. Well, you yeah, know how different ways. you know how I've been doing my little reviews on YouTube from time to time. Yeah. I was thinking about doing that recently. Like, what if I reviewed Marcus Mumford's new album for Mumford and mm-hmm. Sons? First of all, it's dog water. I don't know what he's trying to do. <laughs> I don't know. What. There's the review, guys. You got it. You got it. I'm like, I'm like, bro, stick with the band. Stop trying to be solo. There ain't no reason. What are you doing? What are you doing? Anyway, don't get me started. He's <laughs> like, this about to change the show. Right I'll go now. forever, dog. <laughs> um. Yeah. Are you? Are you like ever in a mindset of, you know, I, for me personally, I wanted to play live. I wanted to get up okay. on stage and do what I loved. Do you ever have any like aspirations or thoughts about how people, you know, so, cause sometimes people take podcasts on the road, but like mm-hmm. the whole TikTok thing where you ever see that guy be a man on TikTok? Like, oh yeah, he'll just have, say yeah. preposterous things and this and that. Yeah. Now he's on tour and he has a book. Have you ever thought of you know going in that direction, or you think the podcast is just going to stay the podcast? I'll probably just stay the podcast. I mean, I have I have had ideas of even if it wasn't related to the writing podcast or even somewhat related, like a project I thought would be kind of interesting to do, though. I feel like you'd have to frame it right to be sensitive to the nature yeah. uh, of the subject. But I was like, it would be really cool to be able to meet with like local homeless people. And I'm like, hey, can you write me like a poem or short story about your life or wow. create or or something? Cre- it doesn't even have to be about your life. It could just be about being creative. 
Um, That's a dope idea. And I thought that would be like really cool to do as long as you know you do it in a sensitive, not exploitive uh, manner, um, because I think it would just be cool to get like this is it's a side tangent, but like when it comes to like my mom, you know, she's <laughs> in her she's in her sixties, she's in her sixties, and mm-hmm. she's always been a very vibrant woman. But I do think it's uh, cool and even cute sometimes to like see her creative side come out, yeah, sure. like if she's like doodling something. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's cool when you see creativity come out from people that maybe you don't think necessarily as being creative like a kid again my mother did that with me like she i never knew how gifted she was as an athlete like Mm -hmm. she she really loves sports and like she's just a linebacker dude (laughs) it's no it's i'm telling you we would play tennis at my uh school when i was a kid she always was like encouraging me to be active and stuff like that. And so we would go play tennis and she like, let's see, she was in her forties and just not that that's like a horrible dysfunctional age, but like she's moving like, yeah, going up that side to side. And I'm like, I'm a kid and I can't keep up with her. Like she's a savage. She's just very, so what I understand about showing your creative side, that's, I get that. Yeah, so it's it's cool when you get it's and surprising. get surprised by people, and yeah. you just don't think of them in that light. But no. overall, for taking the podcast on the road, not too much uh, thought given to it. I kind of just like doing projects and like when we they do pop a podcast up it... tour. You, me, um, Marcus. Uh, what the heck is Marcus's last name? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I'll I'll think of it later. But uh, yeah, his. His basketball podcast. I mean, it'd be dope. Yeah, I need <laughs> I need my podcast then to start funding me money <laughs> if I'm ever gonna tour about it and such like that. But it would be cool. It would be cool if it got like to a point where it's like, oh, I can travel because of it, or you know, go. Yeah. Like I even thought about because I'm planning to go on a trip soon, and I thought like, oh, it'd be kind of cool if you two know, trips. if the show two. Who, who's going to two trips? You. You're going to the Outer Banks. I'm going to the Outer Banks. We're all okay, going to the Outer Banks. But the Outer Banks is. I'm just saying. I'm just like saying. Two years we're, from now. We're doing it. We're doing it. Look yeah, at how I'm, fast the last three years went, dog. It's coming yeah, up. <laughs> I live. I have life uh, a minute at a time. I have a memory of a fish. You gotta. You got. You gotta set the expectations. If you say something like, "Hey, we're doing something in 2024," I go remind me in that year. Right. I'm down to do it. But I will not keep that in the forefront of my mind uh, because to me, I'm sorry, it just doesn't exist. I'm like a baby. I don't have no object permanence. You take it out of my sight, it's gone. I don't think you exist. Okay. (laughs) Well, that means you're just crazy and talking to no one on this. Which would not be the first time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it would be cool to like travel and then like set up things where if you knew people enjoy the show somewhere and like, hey, you know, doing a meetup or hey, poetry wise. Hey, I'm gonna be here and do a poetry reading. I think kind of one of thing, my speakers but... just died, bro. Dang, dude! We gotta do a review on them then. Now I only got one. You know, this is sad. <laughs> um, do you ever think about going to like coffee shops or you know someplace on poetry night and going down and reading? It's vaguely crossed my mind, but. Once again, one of the reasons I started a podcast is like a terrible stage, right? <laughs> gotcha. No, I figured. I kind of yeah. figured. Yeah, I mean, it's crossed my mind, and maybe under certain circumstances, I'd be willing to do it. But uh, even thinking about that stuff gets my anxiety going. 
So really? I'm okay. Yeah, I just I, I'm such a one of those weird combination of people that I don't mind being the center of attention if it's how to put this because it doesn't. I feel like it doesn't sound. You're humble, the center but, of my attention right now, dog. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if it's the center of attention on the benefit of other people, you know, like making people feel more comfortable. If they, things are awkward, then I'll make a goofball of myself in front of everyone. Right. You know, in those cases, I'm completely okay about it. But being a center of attention where it's like displaying a skill or something like that, I'll do it. Um, but I do get anxiety about it. So that's crazy. Yeah. You know, just kind of what it is. Cause I, I would sometimes get nerves and, uh, it, it's, before before a show mm-hmm. you know definitely not in these later years like maybe once recently like when i got up on stage and for the first time without my band and it's just me mm-hmm. and my guitar it's that i got nerves a little bit then because i was going back to what i was before which was a solo artist and i had done that in years like i yeah. started my first band in 2009 and then we were together for a year, and then, um, and then my drummer moved, and my singer fell off the face of the planet. Um, and then I was just like, "All right, I gotta try to do this by myself." Like, it's hard taking that first jump. It really yeah. is, you know, on your especially on your own. When you, I can imagine that you probably get some jitters when you start the podcast too. Like when you're about to record, you're like, "All right, am I gonna read this right?" Oh yeah, I definitely, (laughs) I definitely go through and uh, make sure I can pronounce all the words correctly. And if it's a word that I know will be tricky, I will uh, spell it phonetically. So I'll speak, you know, spell it how it sounds, even though it's spelled wrong, just so I can do it. Um, This is a silent K. Yeah, or like someone like sometimes I get like uh, names that are not from my area. Right. So then. And I try to be good and ask people how to pronounce it, but sometimes I forget. And then I'm doing the show and I go, so then I open up, I open up a Google tab and I type in the name. I go, how to pronounce. And it's always one of those like robotic videos. It's like, <laughs> how to pronounce this. Dude, I love that. That's how I <laughs> learned Spanish, just, dog. And then I just try to go through it. And stuff. But yeah, the biggest jitters I get from actually doing the show is more so, am I, it's a, it's a battle. It's like, am I presenting this person's work and their art and their words correctly, correctly yeah giving it credit but also authenticity making it feel like it's real yeah well i want to you know do my due diligence and give it the proper respect but also i try to remind myself that my goal is not to let's see get my interpretation of their piece 100 percent correct especially specifically right. with poetry and you know music and such is that a lot of it ends up being what does it mean to you yeah more so yeah. than what the specific artist would is trying to convey at least that's how i take it for sure and so i try to be really genuine in that that like you convey what i think they are trying to say but also just what it means to me and especially without giving kind of any criticisms because it's not the show for that no it, it's it's such a personal thing. It's such a personal connection with what you're hearing. You know, yeah. I get that a hundred percent and it sucks too, because sometimes even with music, it doesn't come across as what people perceive it to be, mm-hmm. which is even if it is authentic, you know, 
a poem or a word that's heard can be so realistic, I guess, at some points. Like, something could hit you in the middle of a concert or a show that you're like, your emotions just go haywire. So it's like, it's, it's like watching a movie. You know, you're never going to get the full story. It's the full story if you believe it. Like, it's up to you type thing. Yeah. And there's, and there's some people that when I, when they send in their piece and they ask, like, or I ask them, hey, is there any background information you want to be shared? They just go, no, I just want to hear your interpretation. Yeah. I go, okay. And usually I don't mind that. Sometimes <laughs> there are pieces I get that are vague enough and not in a bad way, but, you know, just so ethereal, not concrete, that uh, you can go in so many different directions about it. Mm. That I'm sometimes I'm at a loss for words. So I'm like I'm trying to figure out exactly <laughs> what I would need to say about this. Like when you have sure. a conversation with me. <laughs> exactly, it's like talking to an empty air. Like uh, I say something, I've said something to you, and I literally love this about you. You go, uh, uh, wh- what? <laughs> sometimes you just hit me out of left field, dude. You know, can't yeah. be ready. Oh yeah, and I've said some crazy things, ladies and gentlemen. So it's really not that far. It's true. It's um, very true. Unfortunately, I. I have a knack for being stupid. That's just how it is. <laughs> Someone say a degree in it. No, I'm <laughs> Naturally. So, uh, I'm curious, though, for 2023, yeah, it's right around the corner. Any yeah. big plans for you? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, dog. I Anything got... you can share? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, we've talked about it on this podcast a thousand times, but I'm hoping my documentary will be done. That would I'm be hoping. awesome. Because we just started shooting again. Um we had a great a great day of shooting and it was it was kind of like a big chunk of what the doc is. Is this big it's an interview. Like essentially my story from front to back. Gotcha. So I got that going. Like musically it's it's that's what's happening. Along with that, I plan to release a record. Okay, sweet. Very exciting. So I have and I have projects coming up that it's it's like I'm really hoping that I can accomplish what I want, which is somebody's driving like a dummy out there. Um I really want my message to get across, which is like I'm, this is the path I'm on alone mm. now. I think with the band, I was so focused on what we all wanted and what we all, what our message was going to be and actually finishing the friggin' record, which never happened. And it's like, that is such a part of me now, that disappointment that I have to go out and do it alone. Yeah. But I have to do it. Because not finishing that record was so painful. You know, mm. everything else was so much more important, like losing some friendships. And But mm-hmm. the work was so good. Like, it would have been the best stuff that we had ever put out, that, that we had ever written, that I had ever written. You know, we were on such a great path. So I'm hoping 2023 will shed some light on my artistic ability, even though I'm down to me yeah no i hear you that's all you know, i want and I, yeah. I i'm not doing it for anybody i'm doing it for me like i need it i need that closure and that moment of clarity where it's like boom something i'm doing matters 
Yeah, fair enough. Honestly, it's nice to see, you know, actual uh, production of your own work, you know, to see something come into fruition. I'll send you some of the pictures. pictures. It's maybe I'll, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, maybe I'll even preview a picture for the Instagram cover. How does that sound? You know, I remember you can't show the one with the backless chaps. Ooh, backless Uh, chaps. But good try. That's not what. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot. So disappointed. Yeah, what are you going to do? Can't win them all. Are you eating on my show? I got hungry all of a sudden. You know, Subway cookies are kind of fire. Yeah, you bet your onion they are. They're amazing. Yeah, meaning like the raspberry cheesecake one. Oof. Really go. I don't know what to put in them. I go with the classic chocolate chip myself, but I believe you. Yeah, I don't know why. I do like classic chocolate. So, complete side tangent. Side. And Amherst. I'm sorry, what? Business. Amherst. Well, how do you say it? Hmm? <laughs> I say it correctly from now on. Well, you say Amherst? Those of you who age. don't know, the proper way to say Amherst is Amherst, not Amherst. Yeah. Well, because there's other Am- there's Amherst's out there. But this one, because we're hoity toity, <laughs> we say Amherst without the age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great great place to go, especially when you eat it pasta y basta and you puke your guts out for the rest of the night. Okay, well that sounds like a personal problem. Dude, do you Amherst remember that? You remember that? When we you went puking? out there? Dude, are you puking? No, though? we went to Pasta y Basta, you, me, and Alicia. Yeah. We go do the podcast at okay. James's James was house sitting. He was house yeah, sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I left. Like I puked at that house. And I was like, oh, wow, that doesn't sound <laughs> good. And then I left. I puked the entire way home, Taze. <laughs> I literally did not stop puking. It was like every other, like 40, 50, like, I, it was terrible. Like every mile, I had to stop. I just want to say, if Pasta Boss is listening to it, I do not knock you. No, uh, I will, no, I will, I will, dude, I will, I'll eat at Pasta Basta all the time, dude. This it is was one tremendous man's opinion. food. It tasted so good. I, that's why I was so confused. I was like, this what man the doesn't heck speak for problem? me or anyone else. No, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Move on. I will say, Amherst, Amherst has spoiled me food wise. Um, yes, at least, to, at least to me, because there's so many good restaurants there. Antonio's and like it's Amherst and well, you got like Miss Saigon. On, which is Saigon. like the Vietnamese Thai place. Yeah. You have Momo's, which is uh, what is uh, Tibetan. They got great like soups and dumplings. The you know, Hanger, you got, best bar in town. Yeah, you got Hanger. Yeah, but you said Pasty Bossy. You got Crazy Noodles. Yeah. You got all like the uh, Bobo places, like drinks and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, I went to one of those. It was yeah. you had to walk you, down to get to yeah, it. Yeah, like Lime remember. Red and stuff. Now yeah. you have uh, Aya or Ia, however you pronounce it. The ramen place is super good. Yeah. And that's, Texas yeah, Roadhouse. Yeah, Amherst, well, you know, yeah, Amherst in that area, Amherst, Northampton, all Hadley, that is so good on you know. food that I, and that one time when I went to Rhode Island, some people are like, oh man, we got such a good Chinese place there. And we went there and it was probably the worst Chinese food yeah, I ever it's, had. And it's dog water. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, please. You know, but I hate the people like that. It's like, no, it ain't. You, you don't but, know what you're talking about. I, you know, and I guess it's like, if that's what you've been eating and you grew up with and you sure. know, maybe, maybe people view Amherst food that food that way. I have a friend, he's from Long Island, he was retired from UPS, and he's like, the pizza here is a joke. And yeah. he's like, I actually take his, I take his opinion yeah. seriously. 
And I'm like, God, I wish I knew what real pizza was. I wish I did. Because if See, there's I, stuff, if there's someplace better than Athens here in town, I want to know about it. I really do want to know about it. See, I'm such a just dumpster of a food critic that no, as you're long not. as it, no, I am because if the food doesn't make me sick and I get full. Then that's five fine. stars, baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> it doesn't have to be good. My okay. It doesn't even have to be right. Hot take. Olive Garden. Yeah, dope. Love <laughs> just, Olive Garden. Yeah, why not? What I is love, love Olive Garden. The Olive Garden here in town, Taze, the one in Keene. Mm-hmm. So it's gone now. It hasn't been there for years. That was one of the hardest days of my life. Because there was a time where me, Preston, and Drew were there Every week, <laughs> we had a standing table. We were those type of savages. We'd walk right in there and be like, "We're ready to eat. Let's go." Never forget the first so time I ever went in there. Me and Preston went in. He's like trying to convince me about Olive Garden. He's like, "Sam, you got to try this." I'm like, "I don't want to go to Olive Garden. It sounds it's a joke. Not Italian food." Brings me in there. Food was tremendous, amazing. Loved it. Instant hooked. Yeah. Next thing you know. This old couple is sitting behind us. They get up and, you know, we're, we're talking, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They stop at our table when they walk by and they say, huh, see who's making all the rude noises. <laughs> and I was like, I'm in. I have to come back and torture this place again. <laughs> Sam, you can get kicked out of anywhere. You know? No, come on. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so funny. Like it's great. I love my like on the opposite end of the spectrum. My mom is kind of a food snob. Not necessarily she's snobby, but she does have like very specific expectations for food. You know, should be of good quality. Yeah. And one time, I freaking found a penny in my salad at a restaurant. And I thought it was. Like, <gasps> I, I remember you telling me this. Yeah, I thought it was so funny. I mean, it's gross, disgusting. But when you finish a bowl of food and the shiny Abe Lincoln is staring at you, I thought it was hilarious because how disgusting it was. That's disgusting. Yeah, but you know, I'm you very. You finished much... that. Well, I mean, it was at the very bottom. I didn't know about it until oh, I finished. <laughs> that's the worst place to find it. I was laughing so hard. Um, How does that happen? Oh, my God. Someone just wanted to give me extra money, I guess. Yeah, I well, know. hey, they know us too well. <laughs> I, yeah, I found I found plastic at a fast food restaurant before in my food. And I told the lady, and she just kind of looked at me like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said, all right, well, I guess I'm just going back to eating. <laughs> so, last podcast question. What is yeah. it? What does it mean to you? Like, what does your show mean for you personally? Like, is it like we talked about it jokingly being therapeutic to do your art form and stuff like that? But what what does what does that mean for you? Do you like do you enjoy once you actually commit to doing the do, doing the show that it's it's something that is satisfying? Yeah, I mean, it's very funny. Like, especially if I have big breaks between doing episodes. Um, because I just you miss it. It's not. It's not even missing it. It's that there almost becomes that sense of commitment. Like I'm supposed to be doing this show, uh, and I don't want it to feel that way. But it does get like that. So then I get anxiety leading up to sitting down, putting together the episode, then reading the pieces. But once oh, the actually... speaker came back, <laughs> there you go. Word. But once I actually get to sitting down and doing it and in the moment uh i really enjoy it i i stayed at so many times that it's just for me 
I don't know if I can say it's necessarily therapeutic because I'm more reading other people's experience and work. Um, but it kind of takes, in a way, myself off my own mind uh, and off myself. Wow, that's a good because, way. That's a good way to put it. Well, just because specifically with that project, it's all about other people's experiences, other people's outlooks right, in life, right? Um, and giving due credit to them. Uh, is with very little focus on me. So it's a nice break from my own reality to enjoy other people's works when words and experiences. But also, I, and I say it in a lot of episodes, I'm like how honored I am to that people trust me to read things that are either A, very yeah. personal, or B, just things that are very creative when they don't know who I am. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm just some exactly. guy on the internet. <laughs> you know, I, I, find, I find so often... Like throughout the years, throughout how many ever years I've been doing this stupid thing, on like getting up on stage and singing my idiot songs, I I always connect with someone. You mm. know, no matter even if I don't know it, I know, and I appreciate that I connected with that one person. If I did, like that means so much to me. Like I mean, yeah, I remember I did stand up like for the first time and forever like a while back i did stand up and i played a couple songs and i had people coming up to me and like saying hey that was funny blah 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 but this one old lady like she was at she was at the show she pulls me aside she goes when are you playing next when are you performing when you i want to come back i want to see you again and it's like it was so sincere that like you know they're not trying to make you feel like it, it, you're uh, your top your top gun or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Like they're not trying to blow smoke up your onion. Yet they really love you, and that's so cool to have those people that really connect with what you're saying. You know, yeah. it makes it makes your day. It just makes your day as a performer. You're like, I'm not doing this for nothing. Yeah, just, I mean, it's, it's it's nice to be able to see value. Uh, in what you do, no matter what it is, especially yeah. if it's even especially if it has a public component to it. Um, as I said before, having people message me afterwards and say like how great of an experience it was to hear their words uh, actually being read out loud by someone that's not right. them um, always kind of makes me feel like oh this is definitely worth it. And even while doing the show, I feel like oh this is worth it because. I am experiencing something I wouldn't have been able to experience otherwise. Tay, is this a dope uh, show, bro? You, you, gracias. You literally inspire me. Like when I, when I heard you start that project, and I was like, "This is like this is a good friend of mine who's taking a chance and rolling with it." You know, everybody like jokingly says, "Hey, I was your failure of a podcast or whatever." To me, and it's like, even if it's huge mm-hmm. like these moments will never happen again i love doing the show it's my yeah. thing you know it's like it's what saved me during the pandemic i would have been gumby if i didn't discover this like it's just yeah i mean i 100 agree with you it's as i said earlier it's very easy in modern age to make it to get too focused on the numbers where, yeah. yeah you know you, you, you see how other people are doing and how much response and you know you want to be that person and then you look at your own stuff and they're like oh man i didn't get that close to that numbers whatsoever but well again like you said earlier it's 
dwelling on the past and stuff like that. You, yeah, you and, and you just gotta sometimes if you enjoy the process and enjoy the work, yeah, then that should be enough to at least sustain you for a long time. It doesn't it doesn't mean it's bad to want to aim for higher, but at least enjoy what you're doing as you aim for higher. Yeah, um, because that because then that'll make it worth it. You know? For sure. You want to pause it right here? I gotta go pee. Sure. Yeah, no worries. How do you feel about um, this? Is totally off topic. We're changing. We're done with the podcast thing. We're changing topics. The <laughs> show's over. <laughs> Andor. So, like, uh, you're gonna be mad at me. You should have asked me if I watched it before. <laughs> you haven't watched it yet, dog. Uh, it takes so long to watch things. No. Why? I hear it's really Tate, good. You gotta watch it, dog. I hear it's really you gotta good watch it. To everything else, it's it's, it's so enough. new. It's so fresh. It's That's not like anything else. That's like, what I hear. They kind of broke the formula. It's so now. good. It's so good. And yeah. the acting is primo. I mean, you got killers in there. The guy that play- how funny is it that that guy? I don't know if you know this yet. Probably not. But the guy that played Snoke, like his voice, mm-hmm. is one of the main characters. Oh, oh that's really cool, actually. Yeah, I will say, um, he doesn't come until later, like the na- the last three four episodes. Because Andor is the main guy is the guy that's in Rogue One, right? Yes, Cassian Andor. Yeah, Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, hands down. I know down. that, and it's not because I don't. It's not that I dislike any other ones. Because I would say after Rogue One, probably Episode Three is my second favorite. Yeah, because it's like two to three movies smashed together. <laughs> Yeah, oh, for it's sure. really good. You got General Grievous, oh, General Kenobi, <laughs> all that. Love that. Uh, Great like impression. A, yeah, you were like a brother to me. I hate you. It's all good. Dude, I love the dramaticism of it. And it's, all you know, what's so funny? You cannot trash the prequels anymore. Yeah, all. well, I mean, everything comes around eventually. Dude, it's like, and even if the acting was that bad, no one will remember it now. Because well, they'll be episode, like, what the heck is this crap going on right now? Episode 2 is pretty bad, though. Whatever. <laughs> episode 2 writing is, the dialogue is painful. Yeah. The flirting between Anakin oh, and Padme. Oh, it's so cringe. Is, so cringe. Yeah. But, um. Cringe. Although, well, Natalie Portman, I would die for, so. there. There you go, Natalie. If you're listening, he will literally die for you. Yeah. Uh, no, but I was gonna say I really like um, Rogue One because to me, it, it's a Star Wars movie that doesn't have to be a Star Wars movie. Rogue Correct. One could just be a war movie. It was and its it own works. thing. It's the same reason why I think Boba, oh not Boba Fett, uh, Mandalorian works. Yeah, Mandalorian, Mandalorian is just a space western. Yeah, with Star Wars terms, and I love it. how you you were the one that was dropping knowledge on me about that. Like that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, and I think it really for, is. Uh, all like cinematic universe projects or what have you. I think the ones, at least to me, that are the best ones are the ones that don't solely work because of their trademark. So like right. Winter Soldier to me is just a great action movie for Marvel. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't easily, need to be a Marvel movie. It's, it's just easily good. <laughs> in my top three yeah, Marvel it's, movies. It's just a good movie. It's so and it cool. happens to have Marvel characters and story. Yes, <laughs> beautifully written. Yeah. Beautiful. So if you can if you can do things like that, and I'm not saying that projects and movies and films, or whatever, that are getting carried by its brand and trademark is a bad thing. It just for me, I love it when this works as a standalone 
and it's just nice that it has flavoring. One show I wanted, I wanted to be good, but I refused to watch it because they botched it. Is the Halo TV series? Uh, oh yeah, that, yeah. That one's apparently dog water. <laughs> so I'm real, <laughs> I'm real, I'm real disappointed about that one because I was a huge Halo fan, like and a nerdy guy about the lore and stuff like that. Ooh, and I heard James they just, like, yeah, they just ignored everything and just kind of just did their own. They did, they did what I'm saying about making it a good standalone with influences of yeah. the brand in it. They did it the bad way, which is they said, forget everything. And then we just copy and paste some characters. <laughs> <laughs> and I dislike that. But yeah, no, sorry. I didn't watch Android yet. You should ask me. <laughs> no, nah, don't worry about it. Well, I think, did you watch Tales of the Jedi? Nope. My gosh, dude, what's going on with you? If huh? something gets, if something gets released, get back to me in half a year. <laughs> and i'll watch it i will say because i'm very curious about this and it's somewhat related okay for you yeah when it comes to watching a movie what is what is your go-to movie type my go-to like, movie type yeah it could be like genre or like a certain feeling you want to get from a what have you because i have a very clear answer for my go-to movie type what I is it for me <laughs> people always look at me weird and say, i like movies where it ends I feel destroyed inside. I want to feel empty. I want to be depressed for like a week after watching that movie. I, I love when the sadness is palpable. I love that, dude. I love when the screen goes to black and you're just staring like, what the heck just happened? Oh, it's such a bad feeling that I love it. It's like eating It's like eating spicy food. It lingers with you. It's a hot, Yeah, right. It lingers till the next two days. Yeah. I mean, to me, I think it's mainly because to me... I view that as like, wow, this movie's that powerful that it ruins you. And only sad movies really get that across for myself. What makes me feel good? That's an interesting question. To, I mean, like, it's hard to answer because I'm so interested in film. I like where the films don't seem like they're trying to prove something. I like... All right. Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. The Irishman. Yeah. Phenomenal film. Yeah, it is. I could not watch a three-hour Peter Jackson film if I wanted to, but I could watch The Irishman every day. Yeah. Because it's just the acting and the work is that good. Like, I appreciate how dope these guys are. Like, Al Pacino mm. and Pesci and... De Niro and Harvey Keitel, you know, just like killers of acting because the work is that good. Like they're just good at hooking yeah. you in. Everything comes together. You know? right Plus, way. I'm interested in the topic, like history. Mm-hmm. The Teamsters. Oh, that movie had to do with the Teamsters Union and Jimmy Hoffa. I work for the Teamsters Union. It's like it's just things that apply to my life. I'm I'm interested in, and that movie in particular was like I was all in. Uh, every part of it, like, made sense to me. Like, that's okay. the, the acting, you know, the way it was shot and this and that. Like, if it's something I identify with when it comes to that type of stuff, that's my go-to. Like, it's it's not about what makes me feel like trash or, or what makes me... <laughs> yeah, dude, I love, I love walking from a movie theater and just feel like trash. It's I, the best thing. Like- yeah, right. It's, it's, it's how... How did... Okay, it's like a comedian. It's how their world clashes with the regular day life. You mm. know, how that world in the movies clashes with what I do. 
Like if I identify with it, that's what makes me feel. So Does you, that make sense? Want, yeah, you want some kind of personal stake in it in that way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Star Wars is my movie. Like I love. I started Cause watching you, Star Wars in 1999, Jack. Because you, you identify with Yoda. Definitely, because yeah. he's wise and everybody loves him. Oh, that's short and green. No, well, just Irish, but <laughs> only green I have. Uh, I do remember when I worked at the car dealership. Because uh, we sat over there at our tables, you know, in a four cubicle kind of arrangement. Three hot ladies and you. <laughs> Thinking for a second. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it was, we're talking about movies and our favorite movies. And yeah. I was talking about this one movie called uh, Children of Men. Very depressing, dystopian sci-fi movie. But like not like far in the future sci-fi, like 10 years in the future. Sure. Super depressing. People, it's all about people can't have kids anymore and like the political ramifications of that. <laughs> Very dark. Everything's you raining because it's in London. Counseling. It's so good. God, um, get therapy. So, so I'm talking about it, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, because this. And then oh, my boss at the time walks over and asks, and she goes, like, oh, what movies are you guys talking about? And I start explaining it. She goes, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I want to watch it because I'm looking for something to watch tonight. I go, okay. I get a text message from her <laughs> later at night. She goes, why would you ever recommend it? <laughs> she goes, I want to kill myself right now. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, isn't it great? <laughs> God, no, I, I like um, I like feel good movies. I like movies that make you think. Mm-hmm. Um, I like mindless movies like Benchwarmers and Tommy Boy. And, yeah. Uh, I think A League of Their Own is probably one of my favorite films. To be honest, it's it has everything. My mother and me, that was our thing. We watched movies together. Yeah. Because. You know, it was her and I my whole life. You know exactly what I'm talking about. No, and, I was raised in an orphanage. Yeah, you still are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I get that, I get that. That was our thing. So it's like we'd watch romantic comedies and stuff like that, even though I didn't understand it. She's just like, but, you know, things get to me now because of those stories. It's like, yeah. I my mom watched chick flicks, and now every time I watch the end of Frasier, I cry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... These emotions got drilled into me well into my childhood, so... I I mean, man, I'm trying to think. I like comedies. I just don't watch comedies by myself. I'll watch them with other people. Bro, this new, just... Burt, this new Burt Kreischer film that's coming out is supposed to be hysterical. You seen the trailer See, for it? No, I haven't actually watched the trailer for the it. Trailer, the trailer... Dude, look it up. It's called The Machine. The Machine. I put that in. Yeah, I just don't... I don't really... As I said, if I'm watching a movie by myself, I'm trying to get emotionally destroyed. <laughs> Why? Why do you think that is? Well, my my main answer to that is, I think, I don't want to say, I, I want to say my perceived value, because you can get what you want out of You have no value. Piece. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm priceless. That's what you're trying to say. Sure. Um, <laughs> but like my, my perceived uh, value of it is, to me, the fact of watching something and it lingers with you in that type of capacity makes it worthwhile for me. I don't know why, but I just love that heavy weight and it's like, wow, this ruined my day. <laughs> it's awesome. Comics don't really, like, comics make me laugh and I can quote them, uh, but it just doesn't have that amount of weight to me. I do enjoy them. Like, a movie you trashed on that everyone agrees is fantastic, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, it's horrible. It's a fantastic movie. No, it's and you, not. And you have absolute garbage taste for saying You're it's horrible. You're an idiot. 
Because literally everyone I talk to but you says how good that movie is. Let me tell you, dog. As much as I love you, you're slipping. You are slipping. Nah, you don't know what you're, you're talking the, about. You're literally the only one I've ever no. heard say it's a bad It's movie. the dumbest movie. It has so no bad. purpose. It's it like so George bad. Clooney should not be in a comedy. Just like he shouldn't have been in Batman. Okay? It's like, it's such why? A good movie, man. Why? It's the Odyssey. It's a loose telling of the Odyssey. Very loose. You know what? Purpose. You're loose in the brain, kid. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> But uh, like that, uh, a comedy I will watch multiple times is Hitch. Oh, it's that's like not a Hitch. comedy. Yeah, it is. No, it's it a is. It, it's a rom com. Yeah, it's that's not a, a comedy. comedy. Fine, sorry. There's romance in it, but a good chunk of that movie disgusting is just, romance. Is will just Smith doesn't comedy. deserve her. <laughs> Dang, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, she's fine. Uh, <laughs> she's fine, dog. But uh, that one, and I watched like the first How to Train Your Dragon like five times in one night. Because I couldn't see really? it. Kept, it kept looping. That movie's so good. No, it's not. Yeah, dude. It's first How to Train Your Dragon is a great movie. I'm gonna train like. Oh, don't. I'll say whatever you're about to say. Everything sounds wrong. Yeah, Anything that you're gonna say in context sounds wrong. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, I like movies that mean something. Like yeah, substance. How to Train How to Train Your Dragon means something. What's your favorite old movie? Like, like, what is the oldest movie that gets you? Because I took a film studies class when I was in high school, and I learned quite a bit, despite it being an easy credit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the oldest movie I remember that gets me, uh, there's this great black and white movie called The Bad Seed, which okay. is, it's, it's a thriller, it's like a murder thriller. <laughs> um, that, well, now you can't, now you can't monetize this. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's just a black and white, uh, like, you know who the murderer is, but then you're trying to see if all the other characters figure it out. And it's one of my family's favorite movies. That one's really good. Um, another black and white one is Gaslight, I think it's called. And that's where the term you're being, you know, getting Gaslit. gaslight. Yeah. And all that comes from. Super good. Uh, for going to, like, you know, movies that aren't in black and white, one of my favorite family movies is uh, Cable Guy. Love that one. Which rewatching it later in life, I go, wow, this is very dark. Oh, it's very disturbing. It's, yeah, very, it's a very disturbing. You know, Chris Farley comedy. was supposed to play him, not Jim oh, really? Carrey. Chris Farley was offered that role originally. Wow. And I, like, that would have been such a different movie. Though. It would be very different. Oh, and Jim Carrey was great. You know, I'm not saying, but like, that's such a shame. I think about the actors that we've lost in our lifetime and how Farley was so. He could have been a serious actor if he really wanted to. Like, there are moments in Tommy Boy that you see that you're like, oh, this is hilarious, this and that. But there are some scenes in that movie where you're like, he could be a really serious actor yeah. if he wanted to. You yeah, know? fame, fame, money does that to you. Just the range. You know, the, his range was just so crazy. But anyway, continue with what you were saying. Uh, yeah, Cable Guy. Uh, I love The Gladiator or Russell Crowe. I think mm -hmm. it's a fantastic movie. Uh, just, you know, I'm a Russell Crowe fan. I hear he's kind of a jerk in real what life. What did you think about Man of... <laughs> like, not to cut you off, but what did you think about Man of Steel? Like, as a, a good movie. movie. Me too. People Me too. I don't know why. Movie. It's so great. I'm like... And Russell Crowe was amazing in it. He was the, so uh, good as Superman's father. It really... It was so good. I love that movie. Was Russell Crowe Superman's father? Yeah. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, dog. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he I did great. So he was like, I mean, and he was dope looking Russell Crowe. He wasn't fat like, I'm going to kill you in a horror movie, Russell Crowe. Yeah. Like, he was he was good the, looking uh, in that movie. He could play the part perfectly. He was I great. Mean, Man, of, Man of Steel was, I think, a good movie. Yeah. And look, spoilers for Man of Steel. 
If you haven't seen the movie, wake the frick up, you dill holes. People get upset because Superman killed Zod at the end. That's not what Superman did. But that was the whole point of it. Zod left him without a choice and he had to choose. That's what made it good. Um, Yeah. But really, if you haven't, if you you like Russell Crowe at all, you you haven't seen Gladiator, you should watch Gladiator. Yeah. It's a good movie. When I was younger. Historical. When I was younger, my favorite films were like Toy Story. Nerd. (laughs) like like any animated movie like i was into you know fifo mousekowitz the what mouse a baby yeah shut up dog i actually do oh fifo goes west Fifle yes goes dude tail. my favorites so american I, tale is very good very american dark it's all about it's all about uh their jewish family emigrating and dude like, it was like when you think about it, you go, oh, yeah, this is very It was so different from FIFO Goes West. It was so different. Because FIFO Goes West was, like, you know, kind of fun. American Tale was like, okay, this is, this is, uh, has some interesting parts, you know? (laughs) Oh, what about, uh, what about Fox and the Hound? That's one of my favorite Fox and the Hound, yeah. Yeah. Sad, very sad. It is a sad movie. You probably watch that movie all the time. (laughs) I want to be depressed! I mean, yeah, it's good. Just like Bambi. Bambi's fire. Oh, Bambi. Yeah. Anyway, so my favorite movies were like stuff like that when I was a kid. But when I got older, like stuff that meant stuff like A League of Their Own. Great movie. That means mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. to me. Um, let's see. Any comedy I was interested in pretty much. Except for those movies like Epic Movie. and Oh, yeah. Uh, well, because they, they, ran, they ran out how to do it like – Scary movie captured it well. At least the first few scary movies did right. it really well, yeah. and then every, and then it became popular, so everyone tried to do it. Yeah, and it's like I I love comedies like Tommy Boy and you know Benchwarmers and Billy Madison. You know, it's like mm-hmm. all those guys from the Wayne's World, all those guys yep. from the nineties. They did it right, you know, and they got it back when Sandler went and did Grown Ups for the first time. Like that was just that captured what I loved as a kid. Yeah, so. Those movies were great. Um, anything serious like um, The Lake House with Keanu Reeves and uh, mm. Sandra Bullock, great film. Um, uh, National and then, Treasure, a serious movie. National great. Treasure. <laughs> that was a funny movie. Oh, um, Nick Cage. Yeah, right. Riley. And, uh, but. And then serious films came into my life when I saw like Goodfellas and mm. The Irishman and and like uh, Secondhand Lions, which was a phenomenal film with uh, Michael Caine and Robert Duvall. I mean, it was just like it was a good feel good, well acted movie like those types yeah. of movies interest me a lot. So, yeah, I mean, film is just it's something else, bro. It really is. Have you have you seen the movie The Brave Little Toaster? What, <laughs> dude? You gotta watch The Brave Little Toaster. What are you talking about? It's basically Toy Story with appliances. You're it's Toy all Story. about. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's all about. Next, you're gonna be telling me to watch Sausage Party with Seth Rogen. No, <laughs> I will not. <laughs> no, Toy Story is great. It's all. I mean, not Toy Story. Uh, Brave Little Toaster is great. It's all about a kid moves off to go to college and his appliances want to you know be reunited with themselves so about a toaster a vacuum i think a lamp an electric blanket they go on a journey but so andy refuses to watch it again because there's a scene they go to a dump and there, there's like musical numbers in it and 
and I think an air conditioner commits suicide. Oh <laughs> it gets it's, it gets pretty dark. Dude, I would love to great movie. I would love to get him on the podcast. Well, good luck with that. I know. Oh, I know. I know. It, it'll never happen. But if I ever did, like that would be the single greatest podcast of all time. Oh my goodness! I yeah, bet you. No, I could. I, I bet you. If I begged him, he would come on. Doubt it. I doubt it. I would put money on that bet because. <laughs> I think more so it would come down for a time thing to him. He just wouldn't want to be doing it this long because he's like, I got off from work. I want to just use my time way, which I completely understand. He's so interesting as a guy. Like, he's so great, like, when he wants to be. But, like, when he's alone and he has his alone time, it's like, I just, I want to be, I don't need friends. I I don't need anything. This is what I want. This is what I'm doing. I mean, hats off to him. Yeah. It's it's crazy, off. but he no. but re- he really is a sweetheart of a guy. Dang, dude! You want to write him a love letter? I call. I'll call him right now. Let's call him on the podcast nope. right now, live. No, nope. <laughs> he's definitely sleep right <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely, or at least trying to go to sleep. Is he's, he? Does he go to bed early? Like early-ish, yeah. He's not really much of a night owl. Yeah, except for when yeah. he's partying. That guy can party. Yeah, but I don't think he doesn't run party anymore. <laughs> that ain't true. If Johnny Soto put something together, he would for sure be like, hey, come over, we're partying. Yep, see you there. Yeah, I mean, it might take a little convincing. He, he, gives, he gives the maybe, which is like 70% no, 30% <laughs> yes, and you got to be a little convincing. Anyway, you know? I think, but as far as this Andor series goes, you know, I won't spoil anything for you, but I think the acting in it, again, going back to the serious acting, was very attractive when it comes to, like, them telling, being able to tell the story correctly, you know. And Favreau has just taken off with this series. Yeah, like, they yeah. do such a good job. You know, he's he's great. He's so, so much. I didn't look into the actual, what is it? media issues around it but like because they announced the next project is acolyte right yes but they, like, they announced people... a few they they got another movie coming out that's supposedly after episode nine um season two of boba fett's coming out for some okay. reason don't I care don't about know. that don't know why <laughs> um well i'm just letting you know you like star wars so do i, I know i, I do i do and i'm just like i have a number of things lined up i've been meaning to watch but but why do people hate acolytes i don't know Huh. I heard there was some kind of drama around it. Is it just like a casting thing? I don't know anything about it, to be oh, honest. Oh, I just heard that people are like, like fans are mad about it, which huh. I guess Star Wars fans are always mad about something. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I don't know. I mean, if, they, if they're doing an episode 10, technically. Yeah, but it then, has nothing to do with the Skywalker series. Yeah, at this point, just do a full clean slate. I would like, and I and I've said this before, is that they need to do an old Republic movie. Oh, for a, sure. Yeah, that'd you, be great. You got, you got thousands of Siths, thousands of Jedi. Everyone's yeah. at the height of their power. You know, it would be a very cool movie uh, that you can go just balls to the walls with. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, they just won't. <laughs> I want to see... Let's see. What do I want to see? I, I don't really care what I see, to be honest. I guess the thing that I'm interested in is how they explain Mace Windu's death. Because... It's nobody that ever falls in Star Wars dies. Like we've established that on this podcast a thousand times before. Is he alive or is he not? Like George Lucas I mean, says, he's alive. So it's yeah, it's possible. I, I I take it as he's dead until they do something. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, because I think at the time, even when they showed his death, I don't think it was necessarily even written in the sense of where like, he might be still there. I think it just happened. Uh, um, and I think Samuel Jackson says he'd be willing to reprise Yeah, for the role, sure. He wants to. You yeah. know, um, but could they pull off something that doesn't just feel bad? That would be kind of tough. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, that it's just like. You know, because it's like awesome. They'd have to have like such a compelling argument too. Like, yeah, this is what happened. They would have to explain that whole thing. I would rather rather them just redo the, the sequel trilogy. Oh, please, that would be awesome. You can, you can keep all the same actors. I liked Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. I think he's a great actor. I think um, he's Jewish. I can't <laughs> confirm or deny that. That's no, like God does... said. <laughs> But I think he's a great actor. I mean, yeah, he's very, he's very, very, um, good. very good. I liked, I liked him in Wedding Story. Side, oh man, the Netflix. acting yeah. in that movie was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I'm not, I'm Dude, not even Scarlett a product... Johansson so hot. I'm not even a product of divorce, and I thought, and I was emotional in that movie. Like, man, this is good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, if they could, they could keep all the same casting and just rewrite, just the redo movie. the whole movies. It's ridiculous. The first one, the first one was okay, decent even for sure. Great lighting. Second one had some cool scenes, and the third one. Second one was dog water. It ruined the entire thing. But even like the second one tried to take it in a slightly different path. Well, it was directed by Ryan. uh, Not it it wasn't J.J. Abrams that directed the second one, so it it changed completely. Everything changed. But then the issue they had too is that no one they should have had a cohesive plan to tie them all together. They didn't. The third one just pissed me off because. Because it opens up with somehow Palpatine's return. I, I go, hated that line. I go, oh, I go that's God, so stupid. It was so <laughs> aggravating. <laughs> somehow, yeah, somehow. I'm still mad that they nerfed Finn in it because it kind of had a cool. They had a cool in the first one. They had a cool relationship uh, uh, triple going on. Where right. one, it was cool that Finn could be hinted at being force sensitive to being a Jedi, but he also they could have really looked into him being an ex clone trooper, and all this stuff. And then you had a whole Kylo Ren getting pulled to the light, and then it seemed like Rey was getting pulled to the dark. And I was like, wow, that'd be so cool if Disney had the cojones to actually do it. Yeah. Where if Rey yeah. went to the dark side and Kylo went to the light side, now you have uh, Finn having to deal with I got to work with my arch enemy, but also go against. My friend, potential love interest. Yeah. Whoa, crazy. Well, but you know, no. you know that George Lucas wrote scripts for all those, like the 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 second uh, trilogy. Oh. Like he, so what do you what do you wanted them to do? Oh, dude, he. I've read the scripts. Yeah, oh my gosh, I was a kid. My mom was still working at the optical shop here in Keene, like when in, in the first building, and I read the scripts. I don't remember what they were about, but I know they were out there. You know, like George Lucas already had this pre-planned, and they completely did everything the opposite way. It's like God. I mean, dang. they could they could they could tell their own story, which I don't necessarily care about, but just make it cohesive. Correct. The fact that and line just, it up. It got Disney Disney fied so hard because for sure there was a whole scene in the third one where Chewie gets stolen, Ray in a fit of desperation accidentally unleashes Force Lightning, which shouldn't happen because Force Lightning is supposed to be a super hard to learn technique, and then she just does it. Yeah, and uh, I mean the fact that they say she's a Palpatine that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's fu- which also can... came at which also is stupid because the whole buildup was that she was supposed to be no one, and that's what was great about it. But now it's like oh. 
actually she's related to you know the enemy of the Skywalker. Nobody well. would have sex with Ian McDermott either. He's uglier than Sin. Yeah. There ain't no. Are you know, man? I don't know. <laughs> have you seen, when he says unlimited power, power. <laughs> um, he's such a good actor. He is. Uh, he's been doing that character forever. Oh yeah. They took the original Palpatine out of Episode Five and put him in. You know how they like replaced Anakin's Force Ghost at the end yeah, of Return yeah. of the Jedi. They did the same thing with the scene with him and Darth Vader in Episode Five on the yeah, special no. edition. I have it. It's, I'm it's like, cool what things you can pull me. off yeah. uh, these days. But yeah, it's just yeah, those movies make me upset. What did you think about Obi Wan? It was okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. It filled it was in cool. gaps, for sure. It was cool seeing, like, the scene where him and Anakin are uh, training. You yeah, know, and those flashbacks. Kind of flashbacks and, and yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it is interesting, and I mean, it's still fall of the actor, but Hayden Christensen has gotten old. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he's, got, he's gotten a lot older looking. Yeah. Uh, which is, it was just interesting, because I feel like, yeah, and it could be that uh, McGregor, was, well, McGregor was already, you know, older than him when right. he first filmed so yeah, i think he aged slower right in looks right you know? but yeah it was like okay i mean i still think the best star wars show i mean i haven't seen andor yet but to me the best star wars show is still mandalorian i just really yeah, like yeah, mandalorian. yeah. i will I, say though uh, it's it had so many good things about it obi-wan like it filled in gaps james earl jones came back in to play yeah. darth vader for the last time he's done he's retiring playing darth yeah vader. that's true he turned over the rights for the voice yeah so i mean it's we got something special for sure are yeah. you just an inside topic of movies are you going to see the next avatar movie way of water i never saw the first one dude i mean it's just it's just alien pocahontas i i like but it's such cool a visually. hard time I, I have to get mentally prepared to watch movies it's like i, I mean, oh, I, mean really, I get that i'm so i i have to commit it's like i i feel like such a dummy saying that but it's no, true I, I have to commit to being like okay i'm a, ingesting all this information yeah I for have this to. amount of hours and stuff. no i get that that's why i don't right. watch i don't watch a lot of movies at home but right. i love going to the theater I'm yes the theater. i love the experience. the experience yeah but uh, for sure but no avatar is just a, it's a fun movie it's just pocahontas it really is word for word blue but with aliens yeah tall blue cat aliens and stuff and it's just a cool yeah i mean it's pretty much it's a cool visual movie what are you and looking what are you, uh, we're gonna wrap this up though i want to yeah. uh you know I, I i got a favor for you but okay. one, one last question um like what what's what are your plans for 2023 like what are you looking forward to your your list of your plans was way more in depth than my plans um <laughs> Honestly, other than I mean, us going on the trip to the Outer Banks, player, that's happening. Which is in 2024. We have to get excited now. <laughs> I can't. It's too far. Come on, uh, dog. My big thing uh, for 2023 is to wind back a little bit. I'll do it quickly because we're running out of time. But no, no, no. Um, yeah, and uh, back in May, I went to Arizona for 10 days. It was my first plane ride. Uh, I ever been on first time heading any kind of real distance besides like Toronto, Canada, uh, from home. Yeah. So, and I did that solo. Very exciting. Then right after that, I went to St. Thomas and the Virgin islands. Super cool. So now I just suddenly, and within the span of two weeks, I got seven flights under my belt when I never flew on a plane, which was, which was awesome. Yeah. So in 2023, I'm going to Japan for a month. 
Um, so I'm very excited about that because it's a place I've always been by myself. So it's a little intimidating. But that's kind of like my big thing I'm doing. Dope. That just kind of see, you know, enjoy the experience, but also see how it affects me as a person sure. and all that kind of stuff and really immersing yourself in a different culture. Um, Sounds, that's a great idea, dog. I mean, yeah. it's it's something for sure. I've never been and out I'll, of the country by myself. Yeah, so it'll be, it'll be interesting, especially if it's like, I mean, there's a lot of English uh, accommodations there, but for the most part, you know, they don't speak English. Um, so it'll be a different, an interesting experience. But outside of that, I don't know, each year I'm just, a lot of years for a while, it's just me like working on just being kind of like okay with who I was and kind of being more at peace with myself. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and now like, a lot of times these years are more with me being okay with my pace in life and not overstressing if there's a place I think I should be and just appreciating where I am and, you know, the next steps I want to go that are attainable. Um, And, you know, just not to compare it. So I don't have big lofty plans outside that trip. It's just kind of just appreciating where I am, kind of figure out what my next go-to move is and, you know, take it a step at a time. That's great. Maybe find a lottery ticket. So so my favor. Yeah. Will you read something that you've written oh. on my show will you re- will you read something dope oh. if you or if oh. you have or if you have something cool to share like a poem would you share it on my show right now okay well i mean i don't think i can do it right now because i don't know where i have to dig up files <laughs> uh oof is there something uh, okay well if you can't do a poem would you be able to incite some fine wisdom into these people Okay. Um, um, <laughs> wisdom, just wisdom on the spot. My wisdom go-to is uh, to keep doing you. Yeah, be fearless in your creative pursuits and endeavors. And if you enjoy it, that's really all that matters. You can't appeal to everybody. And yes, you might make something. And yes, it's probably going to be cheesy to a lot of people. But it's your work. And someone out there will love it. <laughs> but it. if you love it, then you are the someone. Tremendous. You know? Tremendous. Yeah, sorry, I can't pull a poem out. That no, quick you're the best, I, but it's all right. Because I don't because I don't even know where they're held on my computer anymore. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, go check out Dead Letter Radio podcast, please. And also go read that book. What's the name of that book, Tase? It is Lockdown Poetry by Marianne Burnt. Okay. Uh you can find it on Amazon, I'm pretty sure. Sweet. Yeah. And uh yeah, definitely go check out his podcast. Go give it a rate and a review. He would very much appreciate that, I'm sure. I would, I would. And if they want to submit, how can they do that? Uh, you just either follow me on Twitter at Dead Letter uh, Radio. Yeah, Dead Letter Radio on Twitter. It's I think it's Dead Letter Cast, actually. You follow me there or email me at Dead Letter Radio Podcast at gmail.com. You just send in your piece, how you want it to be credited, and any background information, and uh, go from there. Super simple. So the last thing. Yeah. What is a... Okay. I usually ask this of my guests who have known me for quite some time. Mm -hmm. I haven't done it in a while, so here it Mm -hmm. goes. You're not circumcised. What... (laughs) How would you know? (laughs) I don't know. Team team hoodie over there. (laughs) Uh. What is your favorite memory of when we were younger? Uh, I really like that. I mean, it's, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but back in your old place, I think yeah. we started going around the table just roasting. And instead <laughs> of dying, laughing at one part, it was like, was it Sam Ham or something like that? 
or Sam Hog. I don't know. Some kind of name they had you wheezing uh, for days <laughs> on it. And so that was pretty good. Uh, I don't that remember one, that. There was a party with the snowball fight, which was pretty good. Party with uh, the snowball? Oh, Johnny's? Yeah. Yeah, and then there was uh, you was picking up some. We won't leave names. Were you picking up and spinning someone? That was very funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was, those yeah. are pretty darn good. Yeah, moments. well, she still turned me down, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's heavy. <laughs> She's gonna listen to this later and be like, "Why would you say that?" <laughs> That's heavy. You know, just you know, it's always a good time. Taser, I love you, brother. Love you too, my dude. Thanks for coming on, as usual, being in the clutch and being the man. Um, you know, I hope everybody uh, gets to listen to your show because it's fantastic, man. Really. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, yeah, everybody go check it out. This has been a Why Are You Laughing podcast, and we are clear.